Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Today I'm talking with Claudia Blood. She is a fantasy and sci-fi author. Welcome, Claudia. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) We were just talking about the time changes and how we never know whether to go forward or backward, which I think is the theme in one of your sci-fi books. Am I right? I do. There's a lot of time travel travel and uh, time dilation, which I find is totally fun. Okay. Have wait. you ever heard of that? Time dilation. I may have heard yes. of it, but I haven't heard that term. Tell me about it. So it's the concept that if you get really close to the speed of light, so you as a person going really close to the speed of light, that your perception of time is different than someone who's on a planet. So you actually end up, so it might take you a year to go, but when you come back, it's 22 years difference, depending on how much of the speed of light you are. Yeah. So it's really been a fun kind of thing that I've been playing with. Right. So you would age at a different rate and things like that, Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is the problem they had. I'm trying to remember what movie I watched. But yeah, it was a problem they had. So yeah. <laughs> I've watched a bunch of sci-fi movies and I'm like, okay, what movie? And they're all together now in my head, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, everybody was going to age <laughs> and all their family was going to be dead by the time They're dead they when back. they come back. Yep. Right, yeah. Yep. Very typical. Yeah. It was, well, I say it was a recent movie and it could be like, I missed Five. years of life. So it yep. like five years ago. Yep. Or longer, you know. Or longer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What is the name of that sci-fi book or series then? So um, I have a trilogy called the Relic Trilogy. And the first book is Company Assassin. And it is um, set on a, a distant jungle planet that's company controlled. And the main character is an orphan on that planet, just aging out of the orphanage. And so, and it's a very... Um, hostile environment for humans and the uh, culture around him does not make it easy on him either so yeah Interesting. well my interest is peaked what did you say space dilation or time dilation time dilation time dilation yeah. i'm adding yeah. that to my repertoire of vocabulary <laughs> i found some great youtube videos that explain it so well because i'm like enough science but i'm not a physicist by training this is like you know my brain playing. is hurting yeah <laughs> i asked my husband the other day if you really thought that alternate universes existed he was like yes i'm like really he was like yes i'm like okay it hurts my brain but i'll go but, with it like pages on a book right isn't that how they describe it that the universes are like pages on the book and they touch all along but the pages don't see each other that was an explanation yeah. i had heard it's really yeah it's freaky it's just like what a, what is the movie with matthew mcconaughey when um like all the books on the shelf it's yeah uh, like oh stupid brain yeah yeah <laughs> anyway that was a good movie it makes my, like bubble chill bumps form on my skin just thinking about that so yeah there's been some really good ones out there so are you inspired by other sci-fi books or movies 
I, I, I am. Um, and I, I love like a lot of the old school sci-fi. So, and okay. And I have a soft spot for like Alan Dean Foster and for like the Anne McCaffrey's and like the older, but they've got such great characters and then the science and the technology behind it. So yes, absolutely. Cool. And what is yeah. your background? Do you have a science background? I have a, <laughs> I have a biology degree, believe it or not. And I ended up in uh, IT consulting. And so I've been a programmer, Java developer, and a business analyst, and a program manager, and yeah. <laughs> so you have both of those skills. That's cool. And do you do you use a lot of your biology in your world? You talked about that jungle planet. I, I do. I have some biology in there. Um, actually, this is you're gonna find this funny, but um, I'm one of those people that I hate zombie movies. Okay, now now bear with me. So if it's magic, magic zombies, I'm fine, right? You got your plausible, to, you know, whatever. But if it's science zombies, I'm like, your heart doesn't beat. Like, how do your muscles move? Like, you can't get the, like, the ratchet doesn't work. Like, how does that work? So, yeah. Well, that's kind of like vampires, right? I mean, some of them, their blood circulates and some of them, their blood doesn't circulate. So how does that work? I mean, how does that work? Yeah. In Twilight, they were stone, which I still couldn't figure out how that works either um, but if you make it magic then I'm like okay if it's magic then that's fine I'll believe you <laughs> I'm sort of the same way and I don't want there to be like science zombies either because that means like the zombies could actually come and get me right or I could get right. a zombie disease and that would also be bad but you know there are in real life right like they have those ants that are taken over by fungus and they turn into zombies and go down near where they they actually hang upside down on the leaf and then the fungus consumes them and there's there's some other ones like that in the animal kingdom where they actually get, do get taken over by something else and behave completely differently than mm -hmm. their normal behavior that's the stuff that the biology brings in. I'm like, oh yeah, let's bring in something creepy. You're making me really disturbed. Um, is this in, <laughs> no, is this in mammals? I haven't heard of this. Is it no, mammals uh, or just insects? The two I can think of are insects. Okay. Yep. I that still feel sort of safe here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know very strange things, but um, I think most authors do. <laughs> Well, it's fun. They always joke about like, if you look at your internet browsing, the things you've searched for, like, you know, the the weird things that you look for. And I look back sometimes, I'm like, huh, yeah, they'd put me on the list, wouldn't they? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So you dabble in fantasy as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me I, uh, about this book. I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in the third grade and I still play my husband and I have, it's like our poker night. So we have friends come over and we play D and D. Um, but I just love like the, the magic and the fantasy elements. So I've got the merge series, which is um, the first book is Joshua Lighthouse. And it's in a world where the, uh, the myth dimension and the human dimension like crushed together. And so everything is kind of uh, crushed together and everybody has, it's 300 years afterwards and people are still trying to find their, their way in the world. So there's all the things from myth, all the human things, there's some science, there's magic, and it's, you know, almost a free for all. Tell me what myth is. So in that context, mm -hmm. oh, so it's, you know, the Irish legends, it's, you know, all of those, the, the creatures that go bump in the night, it's, you know, all the horror things that you see, it's, you know, man, maybe some D&D &D stuff that you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, we really need this. So it's, it's pretty wide open. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Um, yeah, my, I'm, well, I tried playing D&D one time and it actually hurt my brain. So maybe I don't know. And I, so I don't know how I write fantasy as well. 
but I did bring the cobbled into one of my books because nice. I was inspired by that, but I just needed an evil character. So I brought them in my fairy books. So nice. I, have, I dabble in D and D. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what, maybe it was just, I don't know. Maybe I could try it again. I, I think the thing that I loved about it too is not only like the imagination of the world that it's in, but like the story that you're in the middle of as you're doing your campaign and all the different choices. It's almost like a real life choose your own adventure, right? Okay, a DNA choose your own adventure. But it's just, you know, it's fun. And then I'm always afterwards going, so wait, how did this person get over here? Like, what's the backstory on that? And the DM hates it when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, I need another story. No, it's story. Right, right. Like, no. So. So how did you decide to write all this down? Um, so from a, for those two stories, so the Relic Trilogy actually came from uh, two things. I had a dream about, um, so I had this like group of people in the jungle and they're going through the jungle and they come this um, ancient um, ruin. And when they go inside, they know how to turn on the machine that's inside of there. And like, it's like lightning bolts and everything else. And then there's an 80s aerobics instructor who pops in. <laughs> And that, right, exactly. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Like, I don't, I, I don't understand. And so it took me a book before and then the book after to make that all make sense <laughs> in my head. Yeah. So it came partially from a dream. And then the bad guy that I love, Ravine, um, I have, I have children and I had a daughter and I had like a scare with her. And so I was thinking about what would a mom do if she lost her daughter how far would she go, right? Like, what are the things you would do if you thought you could get your daughter back? And so this character, Ravine, lost her daughter and decided to invent time travel and like went through this whole like downward spiral of of doing it. So, and wow. she's the bad guy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, yeah, being a mom, I would do a lot of things for my kids. So I would do. she went a little further than I would. Like <laughs> as soon as it starts doing, you know, like killing other people and slavery and things like that, I'm kind of yeah, yeah that may be. have been crossed the line she may yeah. have deep-seated issues there she does yes yeah. she does. so what's going to happen during the end do we do we get to know or is she gonna you be do so at the end of the or... trilogy you do find out what happens to her and she makes it all the way to the last scene so i have to it's one of those things that you'll, you'll have to wait and see but i was so intrigued with her i'm actually in the middle of writing the book before that with how she got there so uh, it's uh, her daughter's loss and like the whole, um, she ends up with like a group of women who help her take down a company and still ends up going down. Yeah. So it's going to be called Renegades Rising is going to be the series. And I've got this different women that are, they're trying to beat the system, right? And they're trying to make things better. And in her case, it doesn't necessarily like, you know, end well for her ultimately, but, you know, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. That is fun. I like writing these backstories as well. I have this, um, I guess for lack of a better term, um, antagonist character that kind of weaves through two of my series now, they're interlocked and I, I have sort of her backstory forming in my mind because in my mind, nobody can ever be truly evil because if right. truly evil exists without there being a reason for there being evil, that right. is too scary for me as well. <laughs> so right, yeah, me too. I need them to have, funny because I do talk to authors that are like no they're just evil they're just evil and I'm like I, I don't yeah we're all gray I mean everybody's all gray with darker and lighter and then the the thing with that is what, what was the quote um that the villain is the hero of their own story 
And so everything that they're doing is justified for who they are. So it's not just, you know, I mean, and maybe there's a small percentage of people who are just like plain evil. Hopefully it's really small, but I think everybody <laughs> thinks they're trying to do something, right? They've got their goals. Right. It's yeah, just their lines are different. Even villains need yeah. to be loved. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I think we've talked about two years series. I'm at least thinking there's one more. There is. I've got a, a supernatural detective agency um, called um, At the Cabin. It's the first book in that series. And I've got another one kind of on the way, maybe this year, if I'm super lucky and get more productive. But um, the funny thing about that, it's the first book that I ever finished. And I did it as a pure like um, suspense with no supernatural elements whatsoever, just to kind of like get a book done. And then I rewrote it and added in the supernatural elements to it. Um, and it was so much better. Oh, I had so much more fun with it after, you know, adding in doppelgangers and, you know, like crazy things like that. So, and magic and witches. So, and very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading the snippet. Wasn't there something about Tell me the snippet or tell me the basis of the story. Cause there's <laughs> something it? disturbing in there to me. And I was like, wait a minute. It, it was, uh, oh, I, and I've got a little uh, blurby thing on it, but it's um, it, the, pre the it started with a whole, like the wrong person tied into the bed. Yes. <laughs> the story yes. That was a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is this story? And it, it turns out pretty interesting. It's not a high point for them, but, um, but yeah, it was the wrong person. <laughs> My little blurby thing is strangers set up to die and arsonists on the loose. Can an ex-FBI and dog rescuer survive the supernatural threat? Sounds like a lot of fun. It was fun. That was a lot I'm going to have all your books to add to my TBR. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you're going to continue that supernatural urban fantasy series, right? Yep. What else yep. do you have on the horizon here? You have your backstory of your, what was her name, Ravine? Ravine, yep. I've got <laughs> Renegades Rising and I'm sending, uh, knock on wood, sending the book to the editor this week. So that would be good. Um, and then I've also got the next book in the Merge series. I am so scattered. So um, I've got seven things half written and I just need to kind of get them done at this point. So I blame COVID, uh, whatever, right? <laughs> Um, so do you write, when you write, do you write just one book at a time or will you be writing multiple things? I'll be writing multiple things and I'll have an issue that, um, so I'll start writing and writing, writing, get super excited. And then I hit a point in the story where I back up and I'm like, huh, something's not working here. And then I get squirrel brain. So then I'll go into something else that I'm on and I'll write, 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 write. And then I'll get the, huh, something's not working here. And I've become a lot better at recognizing it going, no, 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 no. You got to work through what's not working because my brain is telling me that where I think I'm going and what I've written, they don't match. Right. So I, I, I got to fix one or the other. So. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But I guess, yeah, if you hit like a snag or you hit like a lull, you can just switch to the other project, which keeps everything running. Uh, right. Right. As long as you don't like, it's also sort of, you have to address the issues. You can't just leave six really hard things at the end or, you know, you start wanting, questioning your life choices. <laughs> and your readers will be like, um, what did you do to me? <laughs> hey, is there a book coming soon? Like, what are you thinking? So, yeah. Super fun. Well, did you ever think you would be a writer? Um, 
I had hoped, but I was definitely raised by a woman who said that you need to be have something concrete that you can deal with to pay your bills because you can't rely upon a man. That was my mom's sort of mantra. So, um, and writing is a really hard thing to do, and very few people actually do it as a full time living. So, um, so yeah, like I would love to, but you know, I'm still like I've got kids, I've got a hubby, I've got a house, right? So you got to pay the bills stupid bills <laughs> I know it's like when can I retire <laughs> right right but then like you take a vacation and how much writing do you get done half the time right like you still get the same amount of writing that you do when you're working yeah if I'm alone I That's get true. tons like if I go to a conference or something like that like on the plane you know in the hotel in the evening that is my zen writing time and my son's a little weird so I apologize for that coming in here yeah but- but yeah, so that's my, my Zen writing time. But yeah, if I'm with the family, obviously my focus is on that. Right. And even if they're not, I don't know about you, but it's like my kids fight a lot. And so hearing <laughs> the fight in the background and you're just like, oh. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. Super fun. Do you have any tips for people who are thinking about writing? Um. So I've got two. So the first thing that was really helpful for me is the concept of not your cookie. Have you heard of this one? I don't know if I've heard of it. So this is this is a concept, right, that um, you could bake the best chocolate chip cookie ever. Like it is like the perfect chocolate chip cookie. And if you give it to someone who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies, there's nothing you can do to make them like it. Right. They are never going to like that cookie. It's just not their cookie. And so you can, what you need to do is make it the best that you can for whatever type of cookie you make, but not everybody's going to like it and make sure you find those people who like your chocolate chip cookie or whatever it is that you bake. Right. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. You have to yeah. find your readers. Your perfect Absolutely. Readers. Yep. Because other, and then when you get feedback, if it's someone who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies, they're going to tell you to put oatmeal in it or, you know, whatever. And you're like, it's not supposed to have that. <laughs> right and that kind of has to roll off your back and you have to realize oh that wasn't my reader yep exactly and and then for I don't know about you but the second thing was the whole like accept yourself right so if you're the type of person who needs to do a full rough draft from beginning to end and that's what makes you feel good and keeps you writing then work with your process if you're the person who has to skip around and do just the scenes that inspire you or if you need to plot it all out and do a spreadsheet do a spreadsheet right but make sure that you keep your forward momentum, because there's no right way to write a book. You just have to keep writing. That's keep a really going. good tidbit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That I have hard. seen, I have scenes in my head all the time that are like in the future of where I'm writing, but I have never, like, I know the end of my book, but I've nice. never written the end first, which maybe I should, but I just don't for whatever reason. I, yeah, I just don't. And go with it, right? If you're finishing books and your process is working, girl, like work it. <laughs> very cool do you have any um maybe spoilers or maybe little fun facts that you can reveal here for your readers oh let's see um what would be see as soon as you said that my mind went blank isn't that funny (laughs) (laughs) maybe a title reveal or oh uh, um no, I don't think uh, just the Renegades Rising is going to be the next series. And then I think the books are going to be called Ravine, Lyra, Mouse, The Duchess, and Hostile Takeover. Wow. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the titles at this point. Five books ahead. That is very cool. 
super fun. How many <laughs> books out. total do you have written? Uh, six right now. And so, and like I said, I've got about seven mid-process that um, I'm hoping to get my mojo back. You know how you you have certain things that make you productive. And then when those go away, you like struggle to try and find ways to continue with the productivity. I had that happen to me. So I had an editor that I was used to do six 10,000 word edits a month. And I did it for years. And then she could no longer keep up that schedule. And then all of a sudden I'm floundering. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no deadlines. Like, how do I? And I can't self-deadline. I don't know if you can, but when I tell myself that something's due tomorrow, I'm kind of like, eh, the dishes need to be done. The kids should go to the pool or, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's what I do. I tell my editor, I'm like, okay, this is coming. The sun is super bad. I'm sorry. And this is coming to you on such and such a day. And so that makes me work towards that right. goal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So um, yeah, I had to switch editors um, midfield, and I was really scared of that. Um, but it turned out good. It turned out that it challenged. I mean, she was somebody different, and she challenged yep. me in different ways. And nice. so I think it helped my writing in the end. Yeah, because I mean, you get very comfortable with the same person, and that person gets comfortable with you, right? So right, it doesn't. And then maybe they don't push you, right? Like I would love to do deeper POV, but the previous editor, like she just that was not her her thing. Like it was very much, you know, she thought blah blah blah, right? You know that that sort of thing. And so yeah, the new editor, I'm you know knocking on wood, maybe that'll be more skill. Oh, good. Yeah. Do <laughs> yeah. you write first person or do you write third person? I write third person. Um. Okay. Yep. Um, I thought about first person, but I just, um, I don't, it just, it, it doesn't feel quite right. Or maybe I, I started, I did start up first person and then I talked myself into third person. So I don't know, maybe I'll try first person again. We'll see. Yeah. Cause I, well, actually I did write my first short story, the third person and I, okay. and, but I was challenging myself cause I really, I think the fantasy genre really lends itself to that. Um, so I was trying to challenge myself to do that. And then I just wrote like a 20,000 word short story, third person. But um, my did first you one, like it when you're done? Um, yeah, I do like the story okay. when I'm done, but it was harder to think about. Um, you know, it's just something, it's a different muscle, I think, than right. just thinking about your one character and what they're thinking and what they're feeling. It's, you're right. Thinking, yeah. And it was third person, definitely, but there weren't like, 80 million characters, obviously, because there was a short story. So it was only two main characters. So I think that helped right. keep it smaller and keep me going on that. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I, I've been having an issue that not an issue, but I've discovered with the the uh, Relic trilogy that I really like the multiple POV. And so then suddenly, like I'd start writing a chapter, I'd be like, oh, this is in the wrong POV. Oh, I guess Z gets a POV now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing, like, um, I did write one book that was switched back and forth between two point of views, so yeah. there was um, a, two teens, a male and a female teen character that switched back and forth, but continued the story, um, So, but you wouldn't want to get too many, because then I feel like readers would get confused, Right. so that's when you have to go to that third person, right? Right. Yep. Absolutely. And and I do think too, there are some authors that do such a fabulous job. Like you get it the first paragraph and you're like, I know who this is, right? Like I know who this is. And then there's others that you're reading and you're like, oh, wait, who was this again? You have to go to the beginning of the chapter and say, who? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be a challenge if yeah. there were too many points of view and you didn't do it. Exactly. And you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Of course, but it my is husband... very nice. 
Go my ahead. husband read that book that was that dual point of view book and he was like no you lost me but I did change their names too because they had to go into hiding so it was the combination of those he was like you changed oh, your name but you lost me yep and and I was like okay well but yeah or if they're named too similarly like if you have two things that like begin with the same letter and they're kind of the same like my poor pea brain can't keep them apart so you know I go and going oh which s person is this <laughs> But it's funny now, I can't even remember what their pseudo name or their pretend names were now. That was a couple of years back. But um, yeah, it's funny. I know their, their riddle names, but yeah, anyway, yeah. you funny. can do that. So, and some people will be fine with it, but right. I guess it did, he, that did not work for him. Right. It's the cooking again, because some people love that. I mean, they want to see like the breadth of the world instead of like, you know, the really deep. So Yeah. Part it was interesting because I wrote the book because I did a book club at a high school and I would just ask them, hey, what else do you guys want to see or what do you like? And they said, oh, we like it when it's back and forth between the point of view. So, you know, both of those people's point of views. And that's sort of why I like push yeah. myself to do it with that story. So obviously there yeah. is a market for it. Yeah. It's yep. It's the cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone where we can find you. I, the best place is claudiablood.com and it links out to all the other social media. Um, I'm on Facebook and uh, I watch Twitter. I don't participate too much, but um, an Instagram and, you know, the list goes on. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a newsletter that people can sign up? I do. And you get a free uh, short story too about um, a witch, if you're interested, uh, at a supernatural daycare, actually. So um, but it's also at the website and there's, um, I do a monthly newsletter and, um, do some behind the scenes stuff and some free short stories and things like that on the newsletter. So. Fun. That sounds super fun. So are the kids at this daycare supernatural or just the witch is supernatural? The kids are supernatural. Yep. Yep. All fun. the kids are. Yep. Have you tuned, tuned into the legacy series? I haven't. No. On Netflix. So it's, it's, the follow-up from the vampire diaries in the originals okay um yeah they have a school for supernatural kids that's why I that. but obviously there are several series that did that several (laughs) series yep and these are kids so this is like I had kids in daycare and I wondered god what would this be like if it was actually like not only little itty bitty kids but they're all like supernatural like how do you keep the vampires away from the you know like mortal enemies away from each other and then wouldn't they have night hours and how do you keep them magically protected and how do you like I started going down that path so yeah having a two and three year old with like Yes, blood issues or spilling their magic everywhere would right. be very challenging. It would be very challenging. Yeah. Because normal three year olds are already very challenging. Already bad enough, right? <laughs> yep. Well, super fun. And you said claudiablood.com, correct? Claudiablood.com. Yes, ma'am. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.